Heavenly Father, as we come to this parable that Jesus spoke so long ago, we pray that you will, by your Spirit, help this parable become real and alive to us. May we catch a glimpse of the beauty and the majesty of Jesus and love you more dearly. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Now today we're going to continue looking at some parables. I've done that for the last few messages and for the next few messages we're going to look at a parable of Jesus. And this is a small parable tucked away around a dinner table, around a conversation in a dinner table. It's not a famous parable. It's not as famous as the prodigal son. It's not as famous as the good Samaritan. And it's not as famous as maybe the sower sowing seeds. But if you're familiar with the Bible, you will recognize this small parable. So what I'll do is I'll read the parable, and then we'll look at the context, the dinner conversation, and then we'll see what we can learn from Jesus' story. So the parable is found in Luke uh, chapter 7 and from verse 41. This is the parable. Two men owned money to a certain moneylender. One owned him 500 denarii and the other 50 denarii. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he cancelled the debts of both of them. Now, which of these two will love the lender more? Simon the host replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt cancelled. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. So this parable that Jesus said is about two men in debt. Now, what's a denarii? Well, a denarii is a single coin that in the Bible days was one day's wages. So 50 denarii is 50 days wages, and in modern terms, that would be $10,000. So one man owed $10,000 to the moneylender. Now, the other man had borrowed 500 denarii, which is 500 days wages, and he owed the lender It's a lot of money, isn't it? Now, both of these men could not pay the lender back and the lender decided to forgive or cancel both of the debts. And Jesus asks, which one of these two loves the lender the most? And this is not a trick question. (laughs) It's an obvious question. And Simon the host answers, well, it's the, the man who owed the most money. And Jesus said, well, yes, you're right. Now, it's a lovely wee story, but it doesn't seem to have much point by itself. And that's why we need to look at the context. And the context was that Jesus told this parable around a dinner table. He had been invited to the home of an important Pharisee called Simon. Now, in the other Gospels that tell this story, we learn that Simon had also invited some very distinguished guests pillars of the local community. And so they're around the table and the servants are coming and going and serving the guests and then quietly in the background a wayward woman, a woman of ill repute, a woman that parents warn their sons about, she slips into the dinner party and she has with her a jar of the most expensive perfume there was. It was probably the most valuable thing that this lady ever owned. And she opens the jar and starts to anoint, starts to rub it into Jesus' feet. 
And she was so overcome by devotion that she started to weep and cry, and the tears mixed in with the perfume. Now, though it was common for house guests to have their feet washed by servants in, in Bible days, this act of devotion is very unusual. And of course, it hasn't gone unnoticed, especially given who she was and what she was doing. So Simon, the Pharisee, is appalled. And so he says to himself in verse 39, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. And of course, Jesus, knowing Simon's thoughts, then tells the parable of the two debtors. And of course, when Simon is asked, which of the two debtors loved the lender the most, then it's the one with the $100,000 debt. He's right. And when Simon then answers correctly, this is when Jesus makes his point. And Jesus is scathing to the Pharisee, but very gentle and kind to the woman. Let's hear Jesus' response uh, in verses 44 to 50. Then Jesus turned towards the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water to wash my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss of greetings, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore I tell you, her many, many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much. But he who has been forgiven little, loves little. And Jesus said to the woman, Your sins are forgiven, your faith has saved you, go in peace. Now for Simon, this is insult to injury. That the woman entered his house was an insult, but that Jesus now pronounces her forgiven is even worse. For who is Jesus that he could forgive sins? Only God can do that. But the Pharisee was so righteous in his own mind that he could not fathom this act of love that was playing out. And since he had no sin in him, or he thought as he had sinned that he could sort it out himself, that his good deeds would balance out his bad deeds. So he didn't need anyone to forgive him. He was so wrapped up in his own self-importance that he did not see or did not recognize love in front of him. And he certainly had no love for the woman or love for Christ. His heart was cold. How very different for the woman. Her costly act of devotion, born out of a belief that Jesus was the Son of God, led her debt of sin being wiped out. Her sins were forgiven and she loved Jesus even more. Now, this is why the Bible emphasizes our sin. Now, sin means that we fall short. We miss the mark of God and his ways. And the Bible emphasizes our sin, not to beat us up, not to grind us into the ground, not at all. Now, this is very important. The Bible emphasizes sin so that we can see our need and go to Jesus and be forgiven. And once we are forgiven, it is a joy and a delight. For the greater the sin forgiven, the greater we have love 
for God. Now, have you noticed this? When we meet someone who has a great love for God and you scratch below the surface, you will find that they have received a wonderful forgiveness. If you ask them and just quietly keep talking to them, you will find that there has been a great debt of forgiveness in their life that God has forgiven. And because that sin was large and because it's wiped clean, their gratitude to God is immense and so too is their love. But the opposite is also true. Those who are cold to God, both within the church and those outside the church, are not aware of their great need, their sin, they're missing the mark, so they never know the wonder and the joy of God's forgiveness. So where are you this morning? If you know the warmth of God's embrace, if you delight in God as your heavenly Father, if he is your joy and delight, I'm willing to bet it's because you know how much you don't deserve his love, but he still does. You know that you have fallen short, but Christ died, and so, because he shed his blood, you love him dearly. Now, one of my favorite verses is 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8, and it sums it up like this. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. And that's what happened when we know God's forgiveness. Inexpressible and glorious joy. But this is not true for everyone. For if the love of God does not warm your heart, if you do not receive comfort from him in the long sleepless nights, nor receive an encouragement from him during the endless hours of the day, maybe it's because you like Simon the Pharisee. You believe you have nothing to say sorry to God for. Or if you do believe that you have something to say sorry for, you believe that your good deeds cancel out your bad deeds. If that's you, then it's very sad because you're missing out on the great love of God. But this can change. If you feel distant from God, you can move closer to him and know him as your dearly loved Heavenly Father. How? Well, by asking the Holy Spirit to show you how far you've missed the mark, but also to show you how much Jesus loves you. For sparing not his own life, Jesus died on the cross for us. He took on himself our punishment that we deserve. Jesus took on himself our curse so we could be blessed. He became poor so we could become rich. He became sin so we might become right with God, even his daughters and sons. This is why the woman anointed Jesus with the perfume and tears. This is why we likewise give our hearts to the Son of God who loves us and gave himself for us. This is the good news of the gospel. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that this woman who, whose life was a train wreck, who was scorned by all the good people in her town, we thank you, Lord, that you showed her that Jesus would forgive her and she came to Jesus. We pray that your Spirit will show us that we can also come to Jesus, be forgiven, and be dearly, dearly loved. We pray this and thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen.